Bitch, you can slip, you can chop it, fall in the night time, gotta get mine Ain't taking the shots of the loss, it's time for the fun Call up a nigga, send at home, publish it a back 10 crumb Got a dick, we can hit, so bring your shit, cause once again, it's dumb Sit it on with a flip of burn, my wig to the curb, so I'm swerving, roll out To pick up the triple six thug and pile up the murder for robbing the dope house Smoke up out of me, bomb so high, not coming to slay with four grenades And a gauge, I'ma play with till I'm a fall in the grave and lay Fillin' in me, dry late, wish by the place and quickly rolled up Bulldozed to the living room, hopped out of the car and started to blow up a fuck and a kaboom, it blew all them bodies all over the room Them doom, ain't gotta move fast, why the purple's coming? Snatch up me, yummy, so nigga don't think it's funny I'm coming up quick and then not quack, cause flesh be loving this money I'm giving up love to the hustlers, all them St. Clair dusters Making that money, stand on your feet And you better believe, gotta have that cheese for the green leaves Never catch me sleep, standing on the ground Getting my stand down from a crime and I hit up the 9-9 Giving up that yeah, yo, making me say yo Twin these nickels and dimes Hit up a stick up a lick up that 211 Gotta get what's mine then bailing Me kicking up dust, I'm trailing, failing 1 and 7 That's how it is and I got to have it in the night quad Mission to check a meal and still be real Thugging on the clock, clock creeping on the comma Won't sleep till I'm done up, gotta blaze me blunt up Hunt up another plot and scheme Gotta make some great consult just nut up that business on, even though the Buddha run is done, me feeling lovely, but I'm just in it for the love of the money. Gotta make that money, man. Money, man. Yo, I actually had to let that one play a little bit longer, man. I just, it, it's actually one of my favorite songs, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, man. In fact, let's, 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 I'm just going to hit this bridge. Hey, Hey, yo, yo, welcome to Uncultured Bias Podcast. My name's Kamara Williams. You know, I like to start it off with a, a certain type of energy on a pod that represents what we're going to get into. Um, and I'm fascinated uh, with this song and just with the concept of just um, hip hop and capitalism. Um, now, you may think, like, how did this song invoke capitalism? Because, you know, obviously this song they're talking about robbing people or coming up on the lick. But, you know, Honestly, that's still capitalism. You know, we're still trying to figure out a way to earn something, even if it's not the most scrupulous way, right? It's trying to figure out economics, right? So hip hop has always had an interesting marriage with um, the idea of economics. Uh, It's a art form that started off as a truth teller towards um, the blight within inner city America. And it was a actual, what they call a truth teller. For a lot of those who, especially in coming up in um, New York in the nineteen late 1970s. But to really get an idea of like how the economic situation infected uh, music and especially black culture, we have to get an idea of what happened prior to the 1970s. Now, uh, many would say Martin Luther King mur- was murdered in 1968, became the beginning of the black capitalist movement. Um, as you are most are aware, that he was murdered a day after defending the sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee. This ignited weeks of uh, violence and uprisings all over the country. Um, there was a something called the Black Rebellion, um, referred to as the Holy Week of Uprising, that led to an exodus of black, white-owned businesses within particular cities, the black communities um, especially, which were already gutted by um, decent housing op- options and access to good schools. 
the federal government tried to extinguish a lot of this particular uprising. Um, Lyndon, President Lyndon B. Johnson's administration proposed a more black-owned businesses as a solution to uh, dispossession and blight within uh, the black community. Um, his successor, Richard Nixon, uh, perfected this plan by um, looking to uh, oversee a covert destruction of the black power organizations by focusing or shifting the black focus from uh, civil rights to silver rights, right? And so creating an economic program, promoting, leg- uh, approving, pushing legislation, um, providing for business loans, econ- um, economic development grants, and other programs that would al- allow those who are black for uh, minority communities to invest in minority communities. Black communities' uh, varied relationships to black capitalism reflected a significant break in black politics. Uh, the, propos- the proponents of these silver rights, not civil, but silver rights, black capitalism, uh, you started to see in the 1970s and the 1980s a growth in black businesses, especially uh, small black businesses. In fact, little black known fact, uh, white black businesses uh, grew exponentially 25% more than white businesses between 1970 and 1985. In that time, you saw a rise in black entrepreneurial um, ownership. In that time, a immigrant came from the island of Jamaica and wanting to actually take part in this new black revolution. He brought along his family bunch of kids and started uh, to take a root in Brooklyn, New York. In that time, he actually started to, um, he became an entrepreneur, opening up different shops, um, buying in the midst of buying a building, was one of the first um, black individuals to own a brownstone in what's now called Park Slope. He infected his children with the idea of entrepreneurship to the point where his great his grandchildren um, would find it hard to actually <laughs> get into a job because he always grew up around black businesses. You know, his mother, an immigrant, opened up businesses, was became very successful. His grandfather opened up businesses, became very successful. That entrepreneurship was developed into that particular individual. He saw rises of success. In the same time, him being a child of the 80s, he also became attracted to the music of struggle, even though it didn't really represent his lifestyle, admittedly. But he recognized the truth-telling that was happening in that particular art form. So as he matured and he grew up and he actually was a proud, um, you know, first-generation success story, and his family is is an immigrant success story, he also understood the under idea of the Black American plight. Although traditionally he didn't grow up in a West Indian, he grew up in a West Indian um, household. In the same time, I remember I mentioned 1970 to 1985. Yes, Black entrepreneurs' uh, growth actually grew 25 percent greater than white, but also the wealth gap. So how is it possible that entrepreneurial Black entrepreneurship and loans and uh, black capitalism grew in that same period, but yet there was still a large disparity uh, um, of uh, economic availability to black 
communities. It didn't make sense. I believe the music actually represented that dichotomy. And if you haven't picked this out already, I am, of course, talking about myself. Um, you know, being a first generation immigrant and growing up, I am literally a child of Reagan of the 80s. My grandfather, who I love, God rest his soul, love him, um, was a proud Reaganite, as most black capitalists were in the 80s, because they saw American, you know, idealism in the form of entrepreneurial gain and not necessarily in the social aspect that was preceded that era of the 1970s, 1960s, 1950s. This idea of black capitalism took form to such root that now you started seeing the very same art form that was a one, uh, an art form of revolution and anti-capitalistic ideals now has taken root as the major form of uh, promoting of capitalistic ideals with the biggest artists obviously being claiming to be billionaires. Shout out to uh, Jay-Z and Kanye West and among, amongst others. And obviously Dr. Dre is actually going through divorce. He may not be a billionaire after this, but um, we'll get into all that. And we'll talk about black capitalism and its entire scope. Um, but, you know, before we do that, actually, I want to take this back a little bit. And um, in my opening, I used to say that Uncultured Bias podcast is a show where we say culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, culture is just another way to say discovered. We are on culture, we are biased, we are black. I mentioned this because the guest we have on today is going, it reminded me that I haven't done that in a while, and he loved that I did that to center the conversation on a black, uh, in black politics, or just black space, in a black sphere. In the last several weeks, I've been doing kind of like editorial podcasts um, with Cuba and Haiti and just really um, topic-driven podcasts with you know uh, um, almost like a, a news organization which is cool but we went to t- do something a little bit different today and get into our roots of you know just having very conversational and talking about a general subject of black capitalism um if you are a fan of the podcast which i'm sure you are uh if you're on apple or spotify continue to um share 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 this episode uh, if you're on apple rate it leave a comment that helps with the algorithms um, with uh, as far as Apple's concerned, and we always say on the show that sharing is caring. Um, we want to give a shout out to our uh, sponsors, uh, MyCompassTax.com, uh, tax at My Compass Tax Advisors, and you can reach them at 850-273-7193. Um, of course, if you're in the market for real estate, uh, contact KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com or Keystone Global Real Estate at 407-680-8510. And of course, you are, if you're in the market for probate, wills, guardianships, um, any in just any form of uh, business or whatnot, uh, give me a call at eight 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 SWTG Law. That's eight 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 SWTG Law or eight 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 seven nine eight four five two nine. Or reach me at C Williams at SWTGLaw.com. All right, we did a, we did a lot. We said a lot. Let's bring on the person that um, is going to add to this conversation. What up, Lyndon? Hey, <laughs> what's going on, Kamara? Thanks yeah, for man. Me on. Yeah, uh, you guys were familiar. Lyndon Carter, man, my good friend. Um, he, you know, uh, jumped on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And initially, I, I said we were supposed to get on the podcast to talk about this black capitalism and all that. And then we ended up talking. What was the subject? It was critical race theory. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and so we're going to pick up, Okay. you know, and actually address the subject that we initially uh, wanted to talk about and uh, what do you think about that opening yeah I was gonna say so um, when you even just 
pitch the idea of talking about black capitalism, man, like I, I went right through my Spotify, um, look, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was looking at some of my favorite artists and, and I sent you a list and then I was like, man, nah, they're talking about robbing folks in this one or, you know, yeah. uh, they, they talking about selling drugs and yeah, that's black capitalism. But you know, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to send them that. I'm going to send them something <laughs> a little bit more introspective, but man, yeah, that, that was on point, man. I love, I love that bone. And, um, yeah. Yeah, easy ease verse on that. Yeah, like I, yeah. I listened to the entire song just to to hear. Yeah, you know, easy ease. Yeah, yeah. Yo, shout out to you know God. God was uh, so easy e man. Shout out to easy e. Yeah. Um. He 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 drops an epic bar on that. Yeah. He, it's he not does. safe for children. It, it, it's really not. But you know what, man? Even just who Easy E was, um, and what he meant to, um you know, the rap industry, what he meant to NWA. I mean, like just his character in general. I mean, when we're talking about black capitalism, I mean that like, that's, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah, man, nah, that was a, that was a really good. Yeah. I, the other, the other song that I will say that I was thinking about sending, I was like, nah, I ain't going to send it is uh give me the loop. Oh. So, cause like that, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, but anyways, yeah, no, that, that's I mean, joint. that yeah. would be good though. Yeah. That would be good. So let's talk about like the concept of like, um, because I mentioned it, I mean, we, we can go in a lot of different directions, but I, I want to talk about, um, you know, economic insecurity mm-hmm. and how it ties into like black capitalism yeah. or capitalism. Right. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we mentioned I mentioned in the 80s, Reaganomics, mm-hmm. trickle down theory. Right. It was this idea that, you know, if you are a top earner and the top earner is going to, you know, produces in the economy, then it's going to trickle down. Mm-hmm. It's really the the. Um, I think it's the it's the the actual embodiment of capitalism, mm-hmm. right? It's the idea that investing within um, the private industry, investing within the larger scope of the community, mm-hmm. um, creates a betterment of services and lifestyle for everybody. But in reality, mm-hmm. trickle down theory, as we know, right. is a failed policy. It never is right. is never great in the beginning, right? Right. It's the idea that it's just. Um, people who are actually at the top, they stay at the top because they try to do as less as possible right. with giving to the bottom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's the appeal that they are investing, reinvesting in the company, reinvesting in the community, re- reinvesting, and that's what trickle down economics is, right? Reinvesting back into the company, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's it's tax breaks, um, it's um, loopholes, it's yeah. everything, but doing what the ideal would um, trickle down. Right. You know, the way that, unfortunately, the American democracy works is that, um, and, and how that ties in with capitalism is, you know, money becomes more and more polarized unless there is actual policy that prevents that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about um, the whole Keynesian theory of economic trickle down, you know, growth, et cetera. That's just not how, you know, our economy works because, um, you know, with deregulation and with, you know, uh, lobbyists, you know, those those millionaires and billionaires, they they have access to the politicians that write the laws mm-hmm. that literally draw the the redistricting lines. And so um, they can literally create the framework to preserve their own wealth. And, you know, if we're thinking about what capitalism is, you know, it it 
values the creation of wealth. So it would it would be anti-capitalist to a certain extent for them to not protect their own interests. Right. right? It's, 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 it's all about self-preservation. Exactly. Right. And so I'm going to piss off my best friend because she's listening to this podcast and she's I'm going to just put her out there. Mm-hmm. We had a very um, stringent debate, this, okay. you know, about capitalism. She's on the opposite side of me on this okay. subject. And, um, you know. I just want to let her let her know that we're going to go against everything she's going to. Yeah, we're yeah. going to test out that friendship. Right yeah, now. yeah, we're going to test the friendship out. You know, um, so, but no, I mean, it's it's oddly, you know, fascinating to me how uh, black people link into this concept of capitalism, and mm-hmm. it, it, you know, here's the problem, and let me tell you what really, really, really got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what started everything. I did a post on Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. and it was. Just, I, it's literally a social media post. It's right. not something where I am like giving deep introspective thoughts. Right. Right. It was mm-hmm. just like a, a post about really talking about the humanity of, you know, society mm-hmm. and how this gentleman who, you know, for mo- different reasons um, has a, uh, an endeavor to go out in space. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, it's, it's I, it, Hey, it's great. Go out to space, but I'm not impressed by that. Right. right? And so, you know, my idea was like, you know, if I was in that position and this is idealism, Mm -hmm. I probably, you know, having his money, I and I can wipe out and there was an opportunity to figure for me to figure out Mm -hmm. how can I wipe out um, world hunger. Mm -hmm. There's a figure they said it takes 30 billion to anywhere between 30 to 195 billion. Mm -hmm. Right. But they, they just. You know, actually, no. They said, uh, actually, it's twenty-two to but to one hundred ninety-five. But new estimates from two thousand nineteen said it's thirty billion dollars. Okay. If they were to say, Kamara, you have you're worth one hundred eighty-seven billion, and I know that's not how worth is, right? You right. don't have yeah. to have one hundred eighty-seven billion sitting in the bank. Right. Right. But let's just say I did have one hundred eighty-seven billion, and he said, you. But we're going to take off a top of that mm-hmm. portion. That you still have like one hundred fifty-seven billion dollars, right? Which is still. Yeah, but- absurd right. right but we're gonna still you know take off a portion of that and we're gonna invest that into curing world hunger for 30 months mm-hmm. two years right two and a half two and a half years yeah would you take that and you know my argument was yes i would yeah. love to i would do that mm-hmm. in a heartbeat yeah right and then the argument got into well first of all uh, especially on social media and it was my my best uh, she, you know, everybody was like, first of all, you're spending that man's money. Number two, he does donate. Number three, as to more, um, you know, the argument that was this weekend, um, you don't know how many taxes he pays in payroll taxes. Uh, number four, he's a job creator and he um, supplies lifestyles and what and everything like that. And, it, you know, so it get into this whole thing of spending this man's money and he did what he's supposed to do. And then the conversation then went into um, capitalism creates innovation and which is actually false mm. um innovation is not derived strictly off of economic merits right, right. innovation is a human capital mm. right and so what i feel what i realized in that post though mm. people took the idea of capitalism and they put a um and this is the same thing when you talk about any economic system socialism mm-hmm. whatnot they put human characteristics on economic systems Mm-hmm. And they make them good and bad. Mm-hmm. Are they good and bad? Right? Evil. And we do this. And I'm 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 guilty of this. Right? 
mm-hmm. you know, whatnot. But the idea that capitalism is inherently good, and it's like, well, no, that's not that's not true. Capitalism is not. It's a it's a, it's a system. Right. Economic. It's an economic system. Right. It would be it would be extremely presumptuous to assume that a system in itself is morally good. Right. People are good. Right. People can be. Right. People can be good. Right. right? But a system. An economic system in itself, in and of itself, is not good or bad. Right. Um, it's, I think, how it's employed and implemented. So there are some meritorious, um, and there are a number of meritorious um, aspects of capitalism. Um, you know, and there are, I guess, meritorious, um, you know, aspects of, of communism and more socialist, um, you know, economic um Systems. So, just to assume that capitalism in 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 and of itself is good and right is, I think that's assuming the conclusion, right? Right. So it it's worked in this instance um, to for this demographic, and therefore it's good. So, and it's I mean, ignoring the it's ignoring the um, the opposing arguments of, right. you know, there's vast amounts of expo- um, exploitation, exploitation, right? And you know, uh, and and. Um, economic insecurity, right? You know, because while those who actually benefit from capitalism, mm-hmm. and you know, as seen in this from the seventies and nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. it didn't really transfer over into an overall economic growth of an entire population all, or a group all. group of people. It, it, you know, capitalism unchecked has consistently proven to fail uh, to, you know. Raise all boats, right? right. Like, I think they say what the rising, rising, rising tide, tide yeah, yeah, raises all boats, right? Yeah, um, it, it's consistently failed to do that, right? Right. And even when you know you talk about well, freedom of economic choice and all this other stuff, you know that will help to alleviate racism and alleviate, um, um, you know the the stratification of certain, you know, groups and demographics. I mean, it's consistently failed to do that. Um, and it's proven to do that, um, throughout history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people say, well, you know, we, well, we believe in efficient markets and, you know, the market will decide, you know, that, you know, where you have somebody who's, um, you know, black and just, just as talented, um, then they'll pick the most qualified person. And if that most qualified person is black, then, you know, they'll do that. Now, I mean, it has that. It's is, great. It, but you, it, but it's you, a great ideal, but it, it just doesn't happen. So you see what you just said, right? It's yeah. not a great ideal. Yeah. So the same way I created an ideal mm-hmm. of, you know, it would be great if we can actually, um, it would be great if somebody as wealthy as Jeff Bezos gave money right. and so solved world hunger. Mm-hmm. The same ideal yeah. of the market's always correcting itself and doing the proper thing. Right. But none of those things are real. Both of those things I just said, that's, you know, my ideal is fake. Right. And the ideal that the market always protects is fake. Right. It, it, it's not real. Yeah. You know, and in fact, what people don't realize in the history of this country, uh, when the markets were given free reign, they dropped the bottom dropped out. Of. Right. Consistently. Consistently. I, I mean, you know, it, it, it happened in the 1920s and in, you know, when the, the stock market crashed due to, you know, rampant spec, rampant speculation. And it sent the entire globe into, you know, an a, economic freefall. Right. Economic yeah. freefall that, you know, we can, I think, somewhat say, you know, help to precipitate World War Two and the rise of the Nazis in Germany, et cetera. So, you know, 
Um, fast forward, you know, 80 years later, mm-hmm. you know, we have deregulation. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not 80, maybe 60, but we have deregulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you now have these investment banks that are no longer tied to, you know, regular banks. And, you know, you have rampant speculation. Right. That that the, the regulation that was created. Right. To prevent. Right. The um, economic downturn that happened um, as a result of or, or during the 1920s happened again through deregulation. And we found ourselves in the exact same position or, you know, arguably a worse position. So, And, and I just want to add this because the same way I can say that, you know, like, I, I believe in certain proponents um, of like free health care. Um, I believe in proponents of um, free education. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in certain proponents of just a um, providing uh, um, a livable wage for people. Mm-hmm. I understand that also as a small business owners and what people don't realize the, again, the idea behind small business ownership, especially in black businesses, it's hard. It's very difficult to provide healthcare. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult to provide um, affordable wage wage. It is very difficult to, um, to actually uh, create a system of fairness mm-hmm. uh, for those workers because we, the access to capital is not the same as somebody Who's a you know, high uh, come from a higher threshold of income, right? Uh, or, or worth in mm-hmm. the business. That's why the same thing where you had the growth of business in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a lot of growth to small businesses, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. but the transfer of wealth wasn't grand because small businesses, while it still um, helped further certain parts of the middle class, mm-hmm. um, it didn't quote-unquote, rise the tide of raising all ships because black capital um, within those within those businesses didn't have the access to create fair job, fair wages, mm-hmm. didn't have the access to create a, 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 a living standard that include a, a affordable health care, right. didn't have the living standard that makes somebody say, I can work for a small business and send my child to college. Right. Right. It still had inquired, required you to take big loans to pay for surgery, take big loans to take, um, send your kid to college, mm-hmm. uh, take big loans to buy, you know, whatever it is to supplement your household. Mm-hmm. Credit card usage went up um, 68% in the 1980s. You know, it's good because again, they talked about regonomics and trying to mm-hmm. live spending, spend, it was a spend, spend, spend decade. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so there was a, there's a lot to be said about that time period that glorified capitalism. Mm-hmm. And we still deal with the remnants of that today. But, you know, we don't talk about the idea that um, the failed system in which uh, 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 falling in love with the ideal mm-hmm. has caused such disparate uh, uh, economic um a gap between you know black communities and white communities. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree, and you know I I think that there's that it's important for us to try to imagine you know what life would be like if there was a social safety net, right? And and I think you know when we talk about healthcare and we're talking about um you know making sure that people have livable wages. I mean, I think that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about social safety nets, right? Right. right. And those have worked in the past. And I don't think that those concepts are antithetical to capitalism. For some people, they, you know, when they they take it to the extreme, then, you know, they believe that, you know, 
everything is an individual choice and, um, you know, whatever, whenever decision I make, I, sh- I should be able to, you know, do whatever I want with, um, you know, my money and my capital. But the, the truth is we do live in a society where, you know, there are roads and bridges and mm-hmm. you need workers and you need healthy workers and you need people, um, to, you know, buy your products. And so having an appropriate amount of, you know, restraint around, um, the growth of, you know, capital or enterprise and, and enterprise. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it makes sense because it ultimately helps to support everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's, I think how we have to, to look at, um, you know, our society is, is not just from an individualist perspective in, you know, how do I, how do I make the most for me, but you know, how ultimately do I support our society? And you can live comfortably, very comfortably. Um, but you know, just the rampant unchecked, um, capitalism, I just think is dangerous. Well, my, well, mind you, what people don't realize is that your lifestyle today is, um, direct benefit of government intervention within a free enterprise because when um, had free enterprise been continued to reign, you wouldn't have the forty hour work week. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have the five day work week, right? You know, and so uh, and and you know, it, it, uh, and including a number of different labor initiatives that were um, at the time considered socialistic right. ideals, right? You know what I mean? Like right. they were considered, they weren't considered uh, American, right? It mm-hmm. was considered too much giving, you know, giving way to to those uh, to the uh, undeserved right. in society and whatnot, right? Um, so what we don't, re- what we fail to understand is that the things that we consider are normalized mm-hmm. within our economic structure of society, working five days a week, getting up at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., mm-hmm. going to work from at 8.30 to 5, mm-hmm. checking out, coming home, that was not considered, that was actually considered progressive. Right. You know, and um, it was not considered capitalist, capitalism, <laughs> capitalistic, right. right? Right. So the, mo- the, 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 the uh, the needle moves the um the field goal uh, continues to move back mm-hmm. further about what is actual designed capitalism mm-hmm. maybe in 40 years when we talk about yeah everybody should have health care everybody gets healthy everybody's getting mm-hmm. nobody's going to be like oh that was anti-capitalistic we're like right. what, y'all were crazy we're like what do you, yes a yeah. free education is a benefit to every society right. it is not just a it's just not a, a, um afforded to those who can afford it right you know, so yeah. I just wanted to actually put that out there. Yeah, the, the ideal of of um, to what's your point uh, of uh, society and capitalism and uh, uh, you know, uh, equality, yeah. <laughs> economic equality. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean uh, th- that's exactly what you know I was getting at. And you know, the thing that's interesting is just the interplay between you know. African-Americans, you know, black culture in America, mm-hmm. um, and then just how, you know, where we fit in mm-hmm. to, you know, both, you know, America in general, and then just the idea of capitalism in in this country. So, you know, if, if we take it back, um, I, I think it's safe to say that this country was built on the blood, sweat, and tears of people of color, specifically black people um, who were, you know, um, transported against their will um, from their homeland in Africa and brought to the United States and worked to death. 
Right. Um, it, it was slavery, chattel slavery. And so that was the wealth of this country was derived from chattel slavery. And it's not that that is not up for debate. Right. Um, and a, a, another tremendous source of wealth that, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge it is, I mean, obviously the the mineral wealth of this country, but obviously the the people that were here before um, the indigenous people that lived um, in North and throughout North America. I mean, the wealth of this country that we enjoy now was derived from, you know, it, and it was taken off the backs of other people. So when we're talking about capitalism and we're talking about, you know, black people in America, I think you have to start there. Mm-hmm. And when um, slavery, chattel slavery was, you know, abolished and outlawed in the United States, you know, what, what did we what do we hear about? You know, the Freedmen's Bank from right. from Frederick Douglass. And right. then, you know, we're talking about 40 acres and a mule. So I and the, the thought is, you know, those um, former enslaved people wanted still you know, despite everything that this country had done to them to have a piece of the American pie. And mm-hmm. um, they wanted an opportunity to earn and sell, you know, um, and participate in the economic growth of this country. And mm-hmm. and so I, I say that to say, you know, it's interesting because as poorly as black people have consistently been treated throughout the history of this country, even, you know, um, in, you know, months and years just beyond slavery um black people were ready to participate in the economic um prosperity of this country um by being farmers you know mm-hmm. we 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 were working the farms we knew how to operate them right you know and and we wanted to do that and we we were looking to establish you know we we established the freedmen's bank and and so there's always been an interest um in trying to determine how black people can participate um, in the capitalism um, in, in capitalism in America. Mm-hmm. And, but there's, there's always been that struggle between like, how, how do we do that and reconcile, um, you know, I think what this country has done to us and then um, what, you know, how can we also participate in it? So I was thinking this funny thing. Um, I was a, uh, did a picture. I took a picture of a little girl mm-hmm. uh, the other day. She Lemonade stand, lemonade right? Stand, yeah, right? yeah, I saw it. And funny story. A couple weeks ago, we, my, you know, my wife and I were talking about, and my mom actually put this idea in my seven-year-old's head mm-hmm. about doing a lemonade stand. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, yeah, it'll be cool, right? Mm-hmm. Then we saw this little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm driving by my, you know, several weeks later, mm-hmm. you know, a couple days ago, I'm driving in my neighborhood, saw this you know, cute little girl, cute stand, everything. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a, I had to, you know, go ahead and support. Right. I, you know, then bring my child, go back home. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, let's go check this out. Like, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously go back and support the little girl again. You know, um, right away, she made an amazing lemonade. Yeah, it was on point. It was on point. Yeah. Um, so then we go home and my daughter, she's super competitive. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, first of all, when we pull up, uh, she's like, I want to do a lemonade stand. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, baby, 
We're not going to start, right? We're going to support her. Yeah. You know, so don't bring up how you're going to do a lemonade stand. Yeah. You know. Let let, let, let it breathe a little let bit. Let it breathe. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. just go ahead and be happy and yeah. supportive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so she's like, you know, she does. And she you know, she, and she is. She's actually, yeah. my oldest is this, a Swedish person. Yeah. Literally, Swedish person ever. Yeah. Um, Extremely competitive, but sweet. Mm-hmm. We get home. And then my wife and I were just talking, you know, individually, and we're talking. Oh man, like you know, if she did the lemonade, lemonade mm-hmm. stand, and now we can't. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. We look. It's gonna look like we biting. We look like we biting, right? Yeah. And so then I said to her, I said, "So the funny joke is, now, like, if we do one. Now we got to do grander than her, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. we got to do it bigger and better. Yeah. And my daughter also actually said that she's like, I want to do this and that. She started giving her all the ideas yeah. in the car. And I was like, "This is now this thing's gonna become an expensive endeavor yeah. for a dollar lemonade, <laughs> right?" Yeah. yeah. So then I said to her, "I said now I said, and then we, I kept going with the joke. I said, but if I was really wanted to be a capitalist, because mm-hmm. somebody jumped on my page and said, oh, this is capitalism at its best, right?' Finally, mm-hmm. I said, well, if I really wanted to be a capitalist, mm-hmm. I would have parked my lemonade stand stand like two hundred feet from her, yeah." And be like lemonade for seventy five cents. I was gonna say yeah, 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 for fifty cent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got twice as much for twice you know, as much for yeah. you know. And I'm gonna yeah. destroy this little girl gym because exactly. it's a theory of competition, right? Hand squeeze lemons, right? You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? The marketing's gonna be on point, right? Exactly, right? Yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. be bigger and better. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be a whole production, and I'm gonna do it for cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm gonna turn this into the Walmart. I'm gonna eliminate mm-hmm. this girl's small business, right? 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 And, and yeah. It's gonna be the Walmart of all lemonade stands. Yeah, yeah you're gonna find a better place the better <laughs> corner to be at yeah you know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so check this out right so then i'm like i i'm funny you say better corner this i'm like yo that's like literally what drug dealing is yeah. <laughs> that's like literally yeah. you know i'm i'm cutting out the competition that, that, with the better product and yeah. half the price exactly i mean that's that's what you do i mean you know? so black americans have always even in our um going against the criminal in the criminal aspect and again mm. black americans not the only one who uh, participate in crime yeah but even when we speaking of ronald reagan right <laughs> the, the biggest cocaine dealer of the, in the in the world yeah um even in that sense even when we rap about you know uh you know drug dealing and whatnot that's still very capital mm-hmm. it's still capitalism in its finest right right and um i saw this great term that capitalism is just aristocracy without titles you know, we are the peasants of the rich. And I say that because there was a comment in my, you know, about capitalism finance. And I said mm-hmm. to this person, I said, oh, what did this, what did society do before Adam Smith right. came, came along? What did mm-hmm. society do before capitalism was created? We literally operated in a society of entrepreneurship and trades, trading goods. Mm-hmm. But it was still economic, um, it was still economic turnstile within right. society. Yeah, yeah. I mean, economics existed before it, it was a science before the 16th century right exactly <laughs> right? Yeah. before adam smith dawned upon the world and created this economic theory of the free american right. enterprise exactly so yeah i mean it, it it it's safe to say that you know even there was a feudal economy right, right. you know and there was an economy of you know ancient egypt and right you know there was a you know so you know these economies have existed for forever and ever right but it's the uh, the, the the fascinating thing is that um, when we look at again looking at uh, capitalism, mm-hmm. I think what the biggest thing is it takes away empathy, and this is what I wanted to get with Jeff Bezos. Okay, I think capitalism eliminates empathy. Yeah, 
because it eliminates, excuse me, better humanity in the humanity sense. It strips humanity from the, from um, economic theory. Okay. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you finish. But I would say it erodes. Erodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It erodes. Yeah. That's fair. That's a better statement. Mm -hmm. Because he did give Van Jones a, you know, a hundred milli. I'm not, no, 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 I'm, no, not, I'm not a fan of Van Jones. No, no, no. Come on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he that's another a, podcast for another day. Yeah, he found a hundred milli, you yeah. know, in the, the seats between, you know, in Listen, his, in one of his yachts. And so, it was like, hey, Van, you want this? Like, you good? Here's a funny thing. Everybody, people are tagging me. Oh, look, he gave a hundred million to Van Jones, a hundred million. To, and I keep saying, I kept texting. Uh, I keep replying back. Wow. So imagine if we would have taxed him at 20%. Right. <laughs> I was like, what do you think? Now run that number. Right. And tell me what that looks like. Yeah. You know, and then you're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, 100 million. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, so, um, but. Dropping a bucket. Right. Um, so, and that's going to be a tax write off for him anyway. Huge. So it's not, it's really yeah. a thing. Um, but, which it should be, right? Because mm-hmm. I, we, you know, it should be. I'm not. Again, my best friend, she's Compass Tax Advisors. If you really want to get, get into tax loopholes and everything, shout out to her. Contact her. Uh, she's cringing right now, and she's probably uh, mad at me because she's like, of course, you you know, Kamara, you should be looking for tax loopholes because that's the nature of the business. And, you know, you don't get mad at the business owner for taking advantage of these loopholes, get mad at the politicians or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, um, you know, the goal within capitalism is create um, an aristocracy of econ- economic aristocracy, mm-hmm. you know. So one person at the begin at the top, mm-hmm. and everybody else, the workers, um, then you know, benefiting from that person at the top, and creating a level levels of um, hierarchy, hierarchy that sort of remnant of um, feudalism, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that the goal, or is that is that is that a symptom? Of of capitalism, would you say? It's a symptom. It's yeah. the, But the goal is to, it creates a perceived worth and idealism of mm-hmm. I too can become the aristocracy. Right. You know? It, it, like, <laughs> it, it, individualism. You right. know, like, it, it, it promotes that individualistic, um, enterprising um, uh, characteristic. And there's, you know, there's value that's assigned to that. And right. so... Uh, in doing that, in, literally, as you're thinking of, you know, being an individual um, and being individualistic and looking out for your self-interest, then uh, beyond and above and beyond those of, you know, those around you, um, then that is ultimately, you know, what results from, you know, kind of unchecked capitalism is, right. you know, you end up with you know that that aristocracy, that you know oligarchy, where you it's have all, these, it, it, exactly an oligarchy of yeah. you know one percenters, right? You know, um, ru- uh, ruling over the worker class, right? You know, and creating and then getting on uh, TV after getting off his starship and saying, "I want to thank <laughs> I want to thank the workers for making this all happen." <laughs> That's literally what he said. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, I'm like, I don't know if he's trolling people or if it's like really like. Do people not see like how fucked up that really stands? Like, it's, I it's, I want to thank the workers right. for making me get putting, on my putting me into put, space. putting me in his face. You, you put me here. Yeah, like. shout out to y'all. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, oh god, I was like, it 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 did seem it was just like 
man, like you are out of touch. Like, you know, and and the thing is, like, I'm not even I'm not mad at Jeff if Jeff at Jeff Bezos for like pursuing his dream. No. Because like I think that, you know, you can you can pursue your dreams. Um, but man, there's so much like going on in the world that right. it it's like you pursue your your dreams at the expense Potent, you know, essentially, right of of so many people, man, and and that's where it's just like, uh, yeah, but, I don't, I don't know, but, I, but people do, look literally look at him and say, no, he's a job creator, as I, the argument was, no, he's he's created lifestyles, he's uh, um he's the biggest job creator in, in the one of the biggest in the world, and um and you're right, he donates and he pays tons in taxes, and you know we should we should be celebrating his entrepreneurial spirit, but again. At the same at the same time, we ignore um, the vast amount of criticism from his own workers of mm-hmm. labor, unfair labor practices, of mm-hmm. uh, uh, health um, health conditions within certain facilities, mm-hmm. um, uh, the um, idea of not having a livable wage, mm-hmm. you know, and just everything that goes into the exploitive nature of him becoming one of the richest or the richest man in the world. Mm-hmm. It literally and and again. She she disagrees with me, but mm-hmm. in order to there's a theory that says in order to actually become a billionaire, there has to be some level of exploitation involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, um, people disagree. Yeah, but the funny thing is when somebody when you mentioned about billionaire, they say you too. Oh, that was a funny thing. Somebody said mm-hmm. you too can become a billionaire. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you know how like fuck I. <laughs> I have a better chance of getting struck by lightning and becoming the fucking flash. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that is the, that I have that likelihood than me becoming a billionaire. Yeah. Like me becoming a part of the, uh, the one, the, not even the 1%, the 0.01% of aristocracy within the world. Yeah. Is minute. Yeah. But it's capitalism creates this false sense Mm -hmm. of, you know, um, of, uh, access. Yeah. False sense of access mm-hmm. to, you know, that world. You know what? Let me let me ask you something just cause okay. as you're talking about that. What do you think about Kanye? So Kanye um, is, as we think back, you know, to his rant uh, when he was talking to Sway and um, I think it may have been like 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, and Kanye was complaining about like not having access to like these fashion designers and billionaires and like he had to have like money in order to basically be like the Kanye of his dreams right right um I remember like going back through that um that interview and he's like houseway like how could I go and do this like houseway yeah yeah that's, and, that's the favorite like houseway yeah, yeah 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 and you know but what he was talking about is like you know sway was literally like yo Kanye, go and go and create your own sneaker. Like right. you know, people people love you. You don't need you know. You don't need to have a fashion house. You don't have you don't need to have a fashion house. And and Kanye was like, you know, these these infrastructures keep me from doing these things, right? Right. And and fast forward to 2021. Yeah, fast forward to 2021. I you know I still disagree with with Kanye's like perception. You know, especially with like social media. So like. You can be nowadays the the world is wide open, right? And Kanye's a billionaire, by the way. Kanye seven point seven. 
is what they're saying, right? That's what they say. Yeah. And I guess that's like that gap deal. And, yeah. and people are, like these kids are buying the Yeezys. I don't have Yeezys. So like I don't yeah. like I'm I'm not I, I was a sneakerhead. I'm not now. So I am. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean yeah, like that's capitalism. That that is capitalism. <laughs> no, no, and, 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 and so I'm saluting it, but I'm just like, man, um, you know, we're talking about access and is that is that I know that capital creates that access, but I'm I'm just really conflicted in trying to reconcile um you know Kanye's you know fixation on money on money creating access and money didn't create his access money didn't create kanye um kanye talent, created talent created kanye. talent talent created kanye yeah and and so you know but i what he was saying is that you know he needs the money in order to, to create his ideas right he said i i just want what he at the time he said, I just I, w- I want Mark Zuckerberg to give me a billion dollars, right? To let me be Kanye and I can create a better world or whatever. You know, I can create this amazing society. Da Vinci had yeah. his sponsors yeah. back in old Italy, whatever, right? Yeah. You know, and I need somebody to invest in me, mm-hmm. you know, so I can do all these things. Um, Kanye's an interesting character. He's honestly he's 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 a fa- he's fascinating. I'm gonna do like an entire podcast on Kanye. You got to do a series on him, man. I like, am going to yeah. do a series. Yeah. It's probably going to be like part one. And if you're not tired of it, it might be like a three part series. Yeah. Like you have to talk about Kanye, the musician, number part one. And, mm-hmm. it, and then Kanye, the social person, right. you know, yeah. and then Kanye, the business. What well, is the social and business the same thing? Yeah. No. No. no, no. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, Kanye, yeah. the business. Yeah. The, and, and so like they all play off each other, but they're right. so different. And, it, and they take. You have to operate a different sector of the brain, yeah. in the, in order to have that conversation, yeah, right. So I, he's so fascinating to me, um, especially what he just pulled off the last a couple of days yeah. ago. When yeah. you had, by the time you hear his podcast, like that listening party for an unfinished album that right. even when did you listen to? Did you I, I I didn't. I I saw it on social media. Okay, so, listen. Yeah. I I know I know we're going on a tangent here, but I just want to say, give me 20, 20 seconds. Um, listening to that. To that, uh, the listening to yeah. the listening session or whatever yeah. listening party, I remember thinking to myself like, I know the hype going into that was right. like, oh, he created the album of the year. Yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm not anybody, but the songs I'm hearing are cool, but this is not album of the year worthy. Yeah, and it sounded like a really unfinished product for right. me. It sounded like you know not not a lot of drum beats. Mm-hmm. It sounded like stripped vocals. Yeah, it sounded like a lot of. Um, theoretical sounds mm-hmm. off of reference tracks. Yeah, that was like this would be great, but it's it didn't seem complete. But he still pulled it off with uh, seventy two thousand five hundred sold out, and he had social media on lock. He had yeah. it on the chokehold for twenty four hours, and you know everything. And I just think that goes into his. It, I'm just fascinated. But it, it, yeah. as far as going back to the yeah, sorry, you know, no, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I just went on a tangent here, but. As far as um, going to economics of access, right? Um, I don't know if he's wrong, but I don't know if he's right, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's because access does create opportunities. So let me, so yes, I agree with that. Access does create opportunities. Would, do you think today that Amazon would exist if there was no Jeff Bezos? Like, if Jeff Bezos, like, didn't catch that, like, whatever. Like, catch the wave and... You know, did what he did. Yeah. Yeah. But Amazon started as a bookstore. 
Right, right, right. But but I mean, I guess an my, online bookstore. Right, right. Um, would would Amazon exist? Would Microsoft exist? Absolutely. Yeah, they they would they would exist. Uh, right? Some form of an entity would exist, exist in that space. Right. Like eventually, man would have created the wheel. Right. It, right. It, you know, we would have figured out the Pythagorean theorem. Right. Like we would have figured out the general theory of relativity. Somebody figured it out. Like you know earlier i guess or they were the, the first person to do it mm. but soldier boy shout out to soldier boy yeah shout out to soldier um <laughs> <laughs> i'm the first person to do this yeah <laughs> um but uh he bit my whole flow you bit my whole <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so i mean i guess my thought is you know shout out to jeff bezos for coming up with amazon and then in you know reinventing it to become what it is now like the i, I guess one of the globe's biggest retailers but um, not with the is the globe it, it is the, I, actually i think is alibaba it, yeah I, I don't know like i i, I think th- alibaba might be bigger bigger yeah alibaba is a another i know we have a very western view of mm-hmm. you know online shopping but alibaba is a global right. entity um that um ships all over the world but yeah by the way but anyway keep going yeah i mean you know my 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 point is that you know he created this company but you know, it, I, I don't, I don't see Jeff Bezos just in and of himself as being some, um, just once in a generation thinker, you know, no, I mean, he, but, like, yeah. but, he, but he is though, but I understand what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. You're trying to say that like, he's not like, if, if it had not been for him, we would not have had online retail. Right. Because I just told you that there's an online retailer named Alibaba. Right. right? So it would have come along based on where society was going. Right. He was just the first one to get there based on that. Like, he, right. But the problem, here's the thing with Je- Jeff Bezos. Um, as much, you know, people want to laud him and say we should mm-hmm. be celebrating him. He's actually killed a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm. That same small business that started off at the top of the show that how mm-hmm. fascinating and how great. His business and you know has killed small businesses. Walmart mm-hmm. has killed small businesses. Right. You know, and you know, it's not because they had innovation, it's mm-hmm. because they became the biggest bully on the block and they're right. able to what I just say the lemonade stand, I right. can give you this for cheaper right. and bigger and better and more accessibility. Mm-hmm. Right? Faster. Faster, quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. you know they they te- uh 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 DBI, no, it's 6 million dollar man, whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah. quicker faster, you know yeah. stronger. But yeah, um they Walmart eliminated small businesses, mom and pop shop, mom and pop shops, uh, because they were able to provide, uh, you know, a all, all-in-one shopping experience and for cheaper goods. Is that a good thing? No, it it's not a good thing. Okay, tell me why. Because I'm going to tell you, as someone who's like a small law firm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention the law firm's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, they're the, one of the biggest law firms in the country. Yep. All right. They now offer small business services mm-hmm. that other law firms offer. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know hourly hourly rates, whatnot. They, mm-hmm. they used to just offer do per, personal injury. Mm-hmm. Then they start getting into other forms. Right. And they are the biggest law firm. If not, they're not the biggest law firm in the country. One of the biggest, right? I said this five years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're trying to be the Walmart of law firms. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to be. You know, everything, everything under the sun, mm-hmm. come to us. Mm-hmm. That becomes a problem 
mm-hmm. for competitive reasons. Mm-hmm. Because how do you compete against somebody? Because I don't have their budget. Right. I don't have their accessibility. Mm-hmm. I don't have their abilities to garner the same type of class. Once they start getting into, I just mentioned probates and guardians and will, mm-hmm. you know, they have a machine. Yeah. That I will be, it'd be hard for me. And it, no matter, no, no manner of innovation in my business mm-hmm. is going to be able to stop that beast from coming. Right. Yeah. You know, once they decide, because they've already started to get into hourly rates. They've mm-hmm. already got started to get like, we're going to start doing contract disputes. We're mm-hmm. going to start uh, drafting, looking at contract. We're going to start getting into, you know, uh, employment law. Right. We're going to start getting to all these things. They're, they're eating off of areas that other firms Mm-hmm. And what's created? It's already a hierarchy. Yeah. Hierarchy, but once you start eating up on things that wasn't necessarily on your plate anymore, mm-hmm. you start taking out the people, you know, eliminating the smaller, mm-hmm. small law firms. Yeah, and and what I was um, when I asked you that that question, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, you know, it may appear to be good because the consumer gets yeah something for cheaper and bigger and better, right? But Ultimately, if you if you follow that to its natural end, right. it's anti-competitive, right? right? And it, you know, competition is good, right? Right. So competition helps to promote innovation, and if there is no competition, then innovation. I don't much he said it helps promote innovation, but it's not the no, main the, aspect of innovation. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But keep going. Yeah. No. And and so you know that's where you know you think okay so. Amazon is good. Walmart is good in that, you know, it they provide, you know, resources to communities that might not otherwise have it. Right. There might be a a mom and pop like shoe store and they were the ones that were providing shoes to, you know, whatever community. And then they were able to sponsor small, small little leagues and sponsor different things. And they were actually part of the community. Right. Yeah. Walmart's not doing that. I mean, they, they give a donation. Yeah. I mean, they, so I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is they participate in the community in a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and it could almost be to a certain extent um, paternalistic. So I, I, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, like what I do. So I'm in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and um, the way that we look at it is, you know, we have an Italian restaurant in Olive Garden and, you know, we see other, you know, Italian restaurants in the market and we don't necessarily want to like corner them out. We don't want to um, we don't want the 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 authentic Sicilian right. Right. Um, Italian restaurant to go out of business, go out of business. Right. Because we understand that they that there's value in that. Right. Um, in the existence of that that company um and that anti-competitive nature is ultimately bad for the consumer and bad for like this country in general and so i think that we just have to like make sure like we're trying to strike a balance um and i but but one one thing i can say about like at least capitalism is it's not naturally self-correcting right no it's (laughs) It's not it's actually the opposite it's opposite it's actually if you continue to eat the 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 bear continues to eat because nothing's stopping the bear right right it's going to continue to gorge itself right and it gets bigger and bigger until somebody has to take the plate away or put the bear off to the side and say, Hey, you got to stop this because you're killing the circuits. Right. You know? And so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of like, I say with socialism and 
again, that's not inherently good as well. Right. Yeah. You know, because socialism is it it create it can it can create um, a format as we see in communism mm-hmm. where it's um, um, authoritarian um, uh, governance that cre- uh, has complete control over people's lives. Mm-hmm. And yes, the ideal is to create an, eco- an, equal, an equal economic standard for everybody. Mm-hmm. But where does it start and where does it end? Right. Yeah. And so you have to be very careful. But these that is the problem with these systems. We cannot put human um, human characteristics on economic systems because right. then we start to take them personal. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. st- instead of just looking at them, what can we take that benefits all of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I like ideals of the government controlling certain f- uh, functions of our lives because that's okay. It's okay for the government to provide uh, services, like as far as parks and, you know, as far as, as far as a, 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 a firemen and policemen yeah. and all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's okay for the government to, you know, eliminate cost of health care. Mm-hmm. Because, quite frankly, the shit's too expensive. You know <laughs> rent, what I mean? The rent rent's too damn. High. The rent's too damn high. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And and it, it's, it's not, okay. Hold on. Just, yeah, it's okay yeah. for the government to make the betterment of its republic. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that's what they ought to be doing. That's what they ought to be doing. That 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 is, to me at least, the role of government. Right. 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 Yeah. We're not asking government to control. Every aspect of our lives, we're asking government to make create a betterment of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's it. Social safety net. Social safety net. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, when we have um, people that say they rail against the idea of government intervention, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're railing against yourself. Right. You're not railing. You're not hurting anybody. You're not hurting a person of socialism. Right. You're hurting yourself because socialism right. is not a person. Right. You know, it's not a thing. It's not really a, it's, it's an idea of government having a more, having a say in basic human, um, the basic human, uh, uh, uh or especially I guess people's mm-hmm. economic lives. Yeah. You know, it, it's important that, you know, I, I, I think again, back to, you know, the, financial crisis of, you know, the, the mid to late 2000s and, you know, the, the housing crisis, you know, and how that, you know, what precipitated that, um, who, who bore the brunt of that economic downturn? Black people. Black people. Yes. Um, first to get, first to get fired, last to get hired. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, lost equity in, in, in our homes, mm-hmm. um, lost jobs. Yeah. And, you know, it it wasn't the bankers that ended up paying um, paying the price. Yeah. You know, for that economic downturn, they didn't pay the price. Generally speaking, in in lost jobs, and they didn't pay the price in um, you know loss of you know significant you know loss of their livelihood. But you know, everyday. Black Americans, generally speaking, most of them did. A lot of us did. Yeah. And so, you know, um, you know, there is a role for the government in ensuring that, you know, there's a social safety net. And you can define, I think, whatever that social safety net is and what whatever it's appropriate. You know, I think that that, you know, keeping, you know, certain institutions from making, you know, bets that they can't cover seems to be a reasonable right, right. <laughs> you know um ideal ideal um to help to constrain capitalism because 
when it goes unchecked, it will ultimately hurt, you know, the most vulnerable, right. um, you know, people among us. And, you know, in America, that's that's black people. Yeah. You know, that's black people. And that's poor it, that's poor people. It, yeah, it's poor people um generally, it's black people um specifically. And so, you know, are large segments of the black population. And so I think that it's important Again, you know, I, I I am not like one of those people that rails against like capitalism. I mean, I, we, but we all participate in it. We, we all we and and, 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 so and, and I, that's like that's that's the thing that like kills me is people that you know just are kind of like all over the map, you know, about you know communism and you know and and you know versus capitalism and you're anti capitalist and all that other stuff. Nah, like yeah, I, I like my Jeep Grand Cherokee, you know, right. and you know I, I live in a nice house and I and I. You know, so there there are values. It is valuable, but I think that it's it's really just when it goes unchecked that it that's really where it becomes a problem. You I guess know? my problem is yes, it goes unchecked, but it also eliminates human empathy. Yeah, and that's where I'm at with it. Right, mm-hmm. I don't like how people can look at something and be like, okay, you know, let's say. For example, mm-hmm. when we look at rich people, we have this idea that they're they're good and they're honest and they're hardworking, you know. And then <laughs> yeah. so and they've earned it, right? They've earned it. That's yeah. the conversation you hear, like again, using Jeff Bezos as an avatar for all of this, but mm-hmm. he's earned it. He's 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 um he's uh, did the right thing. Yeah, you know, he deserves he deserves to, to yeah. spend his money the way he wants to spend it. Mm-hmm. And then, but the uh, the antithesis of that is. If you're poor, and what we've, we've done this a lot in this country, mm-hmm. is that you haven't done the right things. Yeah. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You didn't make the right decisions in life. Mm-hmm. You know, when in reality, you can go to school, mm-hmm. you, can live de- you can live a decent human life as far as being good to people. Right. You can make the right moralistic decisions, mm-hmm. and you can be broke as fuck. Yeah. You know, and you can be <laughs> struggling in this world. Yeah. And to think the idealism of... Character, your character mm-hmm. is tied into your economic stature. It's a problem that I have with capitalism, and it's a problem I have with people yeah. who often rail against the idea of trying to help the betterment of the world. Yeah, because we say the things like, you know, it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. That's not their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but in reality, it should be everybody's problem. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't want to see somebody hurting. Yeah, because for the sheer fact of. Life got in the way economically. That shit just that's, that's fucked up. Yeah, you know what? It, it it's crazy that you say that. Um, because I really think that that ideal, um, that economic prosperity is associated with like goodness, right? And poverty is associated with like that sin. Yeah, sin. Exactly. Right. You sinned against God or someone. You sinned. You sinned in life. Let's just say you know you don't even believe in God, but you sinned in life. Therefore, your economic stature is a de- direct result so, of your decision making. That that I think is is a a Western ideal that has I think probably been promulgated over the last like what fifty years or so. I mean, probably longer than that. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's just like man, definitely yeah, the last fifty. Yeah, like because you know even like so now we're talking about prosperity gospel and all that right. other stuff. I mean, it it just that. That idea, like you, you think about old stories like um, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. I, I don't mm-hmm. the Christmas Carol, right? Yeah. So like, there are a lot of stories where like the richest people 
um, were the bad guys. Like usually, right. even if you look at um, you know old comics and things of that nature, like the 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 villain was like some rich guy, right. you know, um, wealthy like Bond Bond villains. You know, they're usually yeah. like somebody who's like extremely wealthy, and so. And then you got the underdog who just doesn't have as much. Um, and so I, I don't know, like it, the the whole ideal that, you know, if you're wealthy, then you're then you're good. I don't know where that comes from. And, and it, it just seems it seems like more recent than it's it's changed because you're actually talking about like like they say like Scrooge, a Christmas Carol. Yeah, that was uh, that was an actual um, again a direct result of society mm-hmm. um, creating an art form or creating an art expression mm-hmm. uh, against rich people. Yeah. Right. Little orphan Annie mm-hmm. like is a myth. Um, Daddy Warbucks is yeah. a war profiteer. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And his idea uh, was that he was this terrible human being. Right. And he actually wanted to utilize this little girl as a just a marketing campaign exactly and then she ended up turning him into actually something as a decent person right. but in reality and before that he was a son of a bitch and so <laughs> but it right. was designed it was designed to make fun of or you know take a direct shot right. at not uh, not upholding the aristocratic the economic aristocratic class mm-hmm. but actually take shots at it and be like you you guys are terrible human beings yeah you know and be where society look at the time period where society is struggling because you guys are so fucking terrible right right and so even the concept of the wizard of oz the wizard of oz yeah. was a direct um concept of attacking Right. You know the uh, the economic blight within a country, right? You know, yeah. and so all these art form expressions at the time mm-hmm. was not uplifting the idea of capitalism. It was, it was like criticizing, criticizing it. This yeah. shit's fucked up, right? Right. Then we've gotten to a new place in life. Mm-hmm. You know, over the last fifty years, mm-hmm. six years, whatever, where we've turned, and now our art form expression, mm-hmm. primarily though, I'm just talking about specifically hip hop culture, yeah. Is uplifting the idea of capitalism, and it's actually it's a great thing, yeah. Despite the fact of its economic uh, disparagement within a large sec- sector of the world, yeah. You know, and especially in, in America. Um, and so, you know, it's odd to see the transition that the art form, the art expression, has done in far as uh, looking at how we uphold, you know, rich people. And I'm going to be very specific here. Again, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to go here. Yeah, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. But, and then, you know, Jay-Z said it's, it's nothing wrong with artists earning money, which yeah. I agree, mm-hmm. right? Artists should earn money. And he, said, he's, you know, and he said the biggest trick is that they made feel like artists can't be rich. Right. It's just very true, mm-hmm. right? Artists should be able to earn mm-hmm. money. Um, But it's one of the biggest things that I joked about with a friend a few weeks ago. Um, they're like Jay Z's biggest flex now is um how rich he is and he's married to B. Like you know what I mean? And he's and he's like his biggest yeah. flex now is like I'm a B. I got two B's. I'm a right. bi- I'm a billionaire and I've got and I got uh, Beyonce. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like that's his biggest bar. Yeah. On his all on his tracks, like how mm-hmm. rich he is and how he's got the finest girl in the world, finest woman. Yeah. And the most dynamic woman in the world, who's a boss in herself. Right. Right. And you know, it's like that's it. Like that's yeah. it, it, that's, a, that's, 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 that's yeah, what he's doing. And the last ten, and the thing is, what's even more fascinating, his biggest appeal is how wealthy he is, 
right mm-hmm. now and but we've we've honored that and we're like yo and we we, we talk about beyonce and jay-z mm-hmm. in black culture like they're like royalty like you know right. what i mean and we mm-hmm. we treat them like they're royalty and you know which are not royalty right mm-hmm. but they're extremely successful um and ta- extremely talented individuals that have made you know a lot of money mm-hmm. um they're not even rich people in their own industry right uh, you know but that's neither that's another story for another day but we've idealized 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 jay-z mm-hmm. and his wealth Right, and he's become the preeminent example of black success, or mm. one of the preeminent examples—not the, but one of the preeminent of black success in this country. Right, which is a funny thing to me, mm-hmm. especially when you consider where the art form came from, which was a expression of you know uh, talking about economic turmoil within this country, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then now its biggest star is. You know, talking about the uh, how great shit is in this country. <laughs> you guys just got to hustle like me and you mm-hmm. could be great like me. You know what I mean? Like you got to have yeah. a hustler's mentality and you too can have a, a tab two B's your name. You yeah. can have a Beyonce and a billion. Yeah. You know, but anyway, keep going. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, uh, one of my favorite. I, I'm a pretty big Jay fan as well. And um, one of my favorite albums i think and probably one of the most slept on jay-z albums is american gangster okay and um you know he has this song you know talking about like american dreaming like yeah and he's he's talking about how he's he you know he's juxtaposing like the the hustler's lifestyle versus what like america tells him he ought to be right right and so um there's there's that conflict and so even when we're talking about jay-z you know is it i i I actually think that you know he's epitomizing hip-hop to a certain extent because he's you know he's playing off of that the conflict between what he ought to be you know and what the maybe the art says he ought to be um versus like what he feels like he ought to be. So, you know, um, you know, he has a, a song, you know, on the black album, uh, where he talks about like, I could have been rhyming like common rhyming sense, sense, but I've been five I've been rhyming like common sense. sense. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my thing is I, I praise him for, you know, being able to create, um, you know, his wealth through his art. Um, so, but, but let's talk about this, right? Let's talk yeah. about the concept of Jay-Z because he, he's actually a beautiful example of black capitalism. Love it. Yes. So on the one end, he, he is, I, I think he might be still, you know, spending money from 88 though. Still spending money from 88. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> but like the idea, right? So what did he say? You know, I can't, I can't ho- help the hood cause I'm one of them. So I get, right. you know, so I, Get rich, get big, and get back, and that's the win-win, right? Right. That's uh, you know one of his uh, iconic lines. Mm-hmm. And then you think to yourself, like, that is what capitalism is. Like you say, okay, a privatized person gets big, gets rich, yeah, and then they reinvest the money, right? If they, if they reinvest, yeah, we we'll keep going here. So his venture with the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. yeah, you, I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's. Um, he gets into this venture with the Brooklyn Nets, and it was the guy's not the owner anymore, but the um, former Russian owner. Yeah, you know, gives Jay Z a one and a half percent. At the time, we didn't know what his stake was, right? But they utilized Jay Z as a front 
person. We thought we, people didn't know that he was more. He was like only like one, yeah, one and a half percent. Like really, I think his earnings were like one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year off yeah. of that particular, yeah. yeah. But he was pushed out as a bigger, larger stake minority owner. Right, right. They used his his um, influence and mm-hmm. his ideal to you know push the uh, um, the building of the Barclays Center within. New York, right? In the Barclay, in that area, it was like it was going to be promoted. Like he was going to um, create a higher income. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to reinvest in the community, all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was going to be great for Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That particular area is so gentrified now. Yeah, that when I went to go back um, a year or so ago, and I had a hotel. Mm-hmm. About a block and a half, I was going to tell the street, but anyway, a block away from the Barclays. Yeah. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. There was a white woman <laughs> jogging <laughs> yeah, with her headphones on, you know, mm-hmm. easy as can be. That was one side of the street. The other side, these two, a, a white gay couple was walking their dog just gingerly. It's like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Gingerly Please. just walking the dog. Yeah. It's Brooklyn. Yeah, it's Brooklyn. Right? Yeah, yeah. The other side of the street, it was a G wagon mm-hmm. part, <laughs> yeah. but the windows were down, and I was sitting there, and I was like, and for like twenty minutes, I'm like, where is this owner? Yeah, what, like the windows are down. Yeah, what's going on here? What is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, this is not the Brooklyn in the '80s that I know, right? Or the yeah. '90s. Yeah. But what what he ended up doing with the Barclays Center is he started he kicked out or he eliminated a lot of the you know. The housing, mm-hmm. um, not he, but right the, the Brooklyn the Nets, Nets, yeah. Um, but became he became the face of redevelopment in that area, right? And because he became the face of that redevelopment, you thought it was going to be an economic boon for Black Brooklyn, right? But it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was actually an economic boom for white New Yorkers, yeah. You know, and it um it it, it exped- expediated the um, expedited, excuse me. The uh, 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 um, gentrification in that area, mm-hmm. and it eliminated actual true um, representation or culture of that community. Yeah, and I thought it's always fascinating because here's a guy who's br- one of Brooklyn's favorite sons, mm-hmm. and he became. And now we talk of Brooklynites, like especially in that area, you know, there's kind of that sneer, like, "Yeah, fuck Jay Z," like kind of <laughs> in that way, like yeah. what he did, like you know, like. Yeah. You know, he really he really fucked us. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he 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 became the face of uh, of gentrification in that area. Yeah. And then people don't realize that and they don't talk about that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it's 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 but tough. At the same time, yeah. Jay on the same end, he has cre- continued to grow his net worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's grown astronomically since then. I think at the time he was worth like half a billion. Mm-hmm. Now he's worth, you know, as they say, 1.1 and all that through his um, many different investments. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he does things like the Freedom Project, like for, you know, and he's, he's become this, you know, uh, um, called it the Don of like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm giving money, I'm making money, but I'm also, you know, supporting the community. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of juxtaposition between, yeah, but how when you got there, how you got there? Yeah, and there's those are the stories we know about the Brooklyn Nets. Right, right, right. We don't know about the, and I've heard other stories. I don't mm-hmm. want to get into that, but I've heard other stories from mm-hmm. people he's taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. You know, people I know directly that it's business wise. Yeah, you know that actually he took advantage of. Mm-hmm. 
but there's a level there's a level of exploitation that how he's gotten there. But he's also mm-hmm. the same man. Like I give back to the community all the time in different sectors of the country. Right. So I'm a good guy, mm-hmm. and it works. Capitalism works, guys. See, yeah. I'm an example of it. But I think he's he's literally the the dichotomy of like what black capitalism is. I know mm-hmm. I did a whole long diatribe, but I hope no, no, no. I mean, like, and that to me. And that's the reason why I think it's fair um, that Jay-Z, you know, rap about, uh, you know, his, you know, his accumulated wealth. I mean, again, going back to reasonable doubt, like, I mean, he's, you know, that that's most of what the album is about. Right. You know, um, he's talking about um, how to, you know, live, you know, you know, he's selling, you know, he's, he's rapping about, um, you know, being in the drug game, but you know, what that bigger eyes for different, different ventures of life. He's not, he realized this is not where he wants to be. Right. You know, and, and is he just as addicted to the drug game as the people that he's serving, you know? And so, um, and, and, and by the drug game, like, is he just, uh, is he just as addicted to the wealth that, you know, he accumulates through the drug game as the people that he's serving. Right. And so, um, and and I think that in a lot of ways he starts deconstructing that mm-hmm. and the tension that's created there is is where there's a lot of value, you know. And for me, that's where that's where it's just like, yes, um, we ought to be promoting um, you know, individual thrift. We ought to be promoting um you know, individual uh work ethic and things of, of that nature, right? We right. ought to because um we ought to be promoting um, a idea of, uh, you know, I guess, smart ways to grow your economic standard in life. Right. Industriousness. Indu- industrial. Yeah, in- yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, we ought to be promoting that. Right. right. Good. Those are good things. Um, at what cost? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think that there is much cost to any of those things up front. But, you know, what has to come alongside that is, like you said, consistently that humanity. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, you, you sold drugs to your mom, you know, like right. You, right. you love that you love that money right. um, more than you love the humanity. And so that's that's where, um, you know, I think that there's. Again, like it's one of my favorite albums, uh, Reasonable Doubt. But like, um, that's where like that tension between mm-hmm. you know economic gain and you know the debt that is owed to your community and and to you know society at large is is you know where you know I think we find ourselves trying to struggle with understanding capitalism and you know black you know how. how Black Americans fit into so, capitalism. I was that was so fascinating to me because I, again, it's black capitalism at its, at its best, right? Because yeah. it's like it's, oh, he almost takes when you listen to the album, and I remember listening to this even when I was a youth, a youth. <laughs> um, it's almost like he has a philosophical look towards economic advancement, right? And mm-hmm. he, he's like he's very self aware about who he is and what he's doing, mm-hmm. and he's very and he's and it, because of that, he it's like a philosophical standard of you know. Uh, you can extrapolate that into other forms of business. And he says mm-hmm. things like, you know, lack my body, can't trap my mind, easy to explain why blacks adopt a crime. I'd rather to live, dormant, die, nor live, but demand if I better trip to Maui on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this street tru- uh, teaches to uh, bomb with jewelers and watch for intruders. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, and so I stepped it up to another level, meditated like a Buddhist, you mm-hmm. know, recruited lunatics that's looted. You know, so he talks yeah. about this idea of like, 
I understand where I'm at. Yeah. I understand what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But there's a bigger plan here. Right. Just like Rockefeller and just like, you know, just like the, the Kennedys. Yeah. In order to get to another plant plateau in life, mm-hmm. I have to do this stuff in order to get to where I, where I ultimately need to be. Right. Which is a captain of industry. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a captain of industry in these streets, but I am not a street guy. Right. I am a boss yeah you know i am a you know and i but i need to get to that place Mm -hmm. because i don't want to die on these streets Mm -hmm. just becoming a nobody wins becoming the biggest boss in the block right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's this really interesting dynamic where you and again show me a black millennial or gen z or gen x black male woman whatever and especially if they're entrepreneur and i guarantee you they rock jay-z at some point in the 20 plus years of existence. Right. Because he inspires them at some point to become like get grander, bigger, smarter, right. better as far as like their entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, as a friend of mine who sold drugs in the 90s, mm-hmm. likes to say, um, and, you know, he's actually in New York, by the way. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, for someone like Jay-Z and what people don't, they often fail to realize. Mm-hmm. And he said, nothing he does surprises me mm-hmm. because in order for him to do what he does, he is a motherfucker. Like, he yeah. is not a nice person. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, to do yeah. what he did to, to succeed in that era, right? You know, of the drug game, you got to be ruthless. You have to be ruthless. Yeah. And, like, there's a level of ruthlessness where, like, he said, I knew I couldn't go. Yeah. But I've seen guys like him do it. Do it. And, but, for him to do it and then do it in also other forms of business, mm-hmm. he said, there's a level of ruthlessness that that's just not in a lot of people. Yeah. That you just can't turn that on. Like, you right. got to be about that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got to be like, I'm willing to gut a motherfucker right. for, for, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For a dot. No, what, 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 uh, um, I said, what did he say? I don't care if you owe me a, you know, dollar, dime. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, but he's, he talks about that, you know, constantly. Um, and I just think we idealized him, mm-hmm. but then we forget about there's a ruthless nature of him that, uh, you know, benefits him, but is actually the embodiment of capitalism. In order to really succeed in capitalism, you have to be ruthless. You have to be. I mean, in order to really succeed? Really. I mean, I'm talking to, about to, to, like, to get to a certain level. Not right. to be like, I would, someone would say I'm, I'm successful in life. Right. I'm not ruthless. Actually, my law partner would tell you that. She wishes I was a lot more. <laughs> right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she wishes I was just a get motherfucker. Those, yeah. Like, those, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get those hours in. Yeah. You know? Um, but there is a level of, like, ain't shitness that you have to be in order to get to a certain level. Yeah. You got to be that mother. You can't be someone like, hey, man, I get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Well, you know me, what I mean? Yeah. You know what? To, to, that, to that very point. I wanted to get your perspective on something that I was thinking about. So, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, that laissez-faire attitude um, ain't going to get you very far in life in general. But, you know, since the pandemic, I would say that for a large segment of, you know, like the black community, a, a significant, a meaningful segment of the black community, it's been a pandemic. You know, like yeah. everybody got into crypto yeah. Brothers have gotten into brothers and sisters have gotten into, um, you know, stocks and um, real estate investing, real estate investing. Like there's there's been it seems, at least to me, a a new interest 
in participating in some of the um, areas of the economy that we hadn't traditionally been a part of. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I think it's been, it's just been interesting that there seems to be more interest in that and less, uh, and less uh, being a worker. Not not even so, so much as being a worker, but like making an excuse, like, "Hey, hey, dog, like, hey, if you want to get this, like, it's gonna be on you. Like, I'm buying this doggy coin yeah. uh, or Bitcoin or whatever, and you know, you can get in it or you can not. But you know, hey, that's gonna be on you, right? And so, I, 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 I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit, or just get your perspective on, you know, whether this is a trend in you know, the black community um, and the black urban community, or, or do you see this as something that like has some staying power? And what do you think that that means for um, just the culture in general? Um, I, I would say that it goes back into like in the eighties, um, black people always look for avenues of success mm-hmm. that often have, um, we've often not had the opportunity or we, we, Avoided whatever reason. Yeah, it's just the avenues weren't accessibility. We go mm-hmm. and shout out to the Kanye portion of this pod. Mm-hmm. But um, you look at something like say like crypto. Crypto is the new median for for a lot of people in black wealth. Right? Yeah, crypto has made a lot of people, especially um, in our generation and younger, mm-hmm. um, overnight millionaires. Yeah, you know, essentially. Um, so it's a very boom or bust though, because you right. lose. Uh, you can lose tons of money. Yeah. But you go can gain, you know, incredible, especially if you understand it. Yeah. Um, real estate investing mm-hmm. is another idea. Like, there's created, real estate actually is the number one create, creator of millionaires in the country. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Yeah. So you find a lot of um, black people saying, this is my avenue mm-hmm. to get to that, you know, million dollar dream yeah. in, in my in my world, right? Mm-hmm. Um I don't see that as a trend. I mean, I don't see it as like a fad. I see it as a trend, right? I okay. see that it's just what it is, mm-hmm. right? Because you're always, we, you have to be, and that's what I said. Like, I don't see the traditional route of just like, just first of all, you just working to have a betterment of a lifestyle is that's going what, you know, that's not happening anymore mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. As we get further and further, by the time our kids get older, <laughs> right. It might be a place where college might be a great place to go for the intellectual curiosity, mm-hmm. but that's about it. <laughs> like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'd yeah, be, yeah. it's like, it, it will get to a place where it has, has no functional relation to your, we're already there. Yeah. Right. But it literally has no functional relation to the activities of your life. It's right. just, we just, you know, you just have to be up on understanding functions of educational you know, intrigue. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like the Greek society in the past of a lot of people would go to uh, learn under uh, what's a better example. In the Greek societies, um, the men were uh, largely Ill- illiterate and right. the women were highly literate mm-hmm. because, and women would go on to university and study, mm-hmm. not because it actually advanced them in Greek society. Right. Right, but because it actually was great for them to know poetry, write, and all that, and so they actually, mm-hmm. well, were men. They were more, you know, when it either military, agricultural, whatever, like that. And so right. a lot of men did not know how to read in that particular area, right? Era. 
but it offered no functional advancement in society. Mm-hmm. It we could we could be going to that same place, right? You know, same. yeah. But as far as to answer your question, I don't see it as a fad. I see it as something like, like for our like I said our children generation, our our and our kids generation, and so forth and so on. They're going to be continual ideals of trying to f- get, get to the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's the latest, um, and it just seems to be pervasive within um, you know the urban culture, hip hop culture, black culture, whatever you want to you know say it. You know, folks talk about it. You know, they're talking about it on their albums. You know, and right. in, in, in their singles, and they're talking about it um, everywhere and. Um, it's interesting because I like I'm a Wu Tang fan, and so like I remember like diversify your bonds, like yeah, you know, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. going going back, you know, right. all the way back, and so like it's been for for some for some folks this isn't new, right, right. Um, it's been around. It's for a new a while. form of hustle, though. It, it it's a newer form of hustle. Yeah, and, and when I say a newer, I mean again, it's been around for a while. Yeah, like it's. It just hasn't been at the forefront. It, it hasn't been mainstream within our culture. Yeah, I, I would say. And yeah. so I, I'm, I'm glad to see it um, because that was one of the things that I learned relatively early on in my life as being something that's valuable to do and have. Right. Uh, I didn't practice it, <laughs> right. but you know, I knew that you know, yes, you should buy you should buy stocks like you should buy companies and all of that other stuff. And so it seems like there's a renewed interest in that. And, um, but you know, you can't in doing that, you're, you're, you're buying all in on, on this capitalist, you know, system. you're, you're, you're going all in. You're, like you're like, this is all this, the chip puts the chip to the table. Yeah, and it is. I got it. Somebody's going to make money. I might as well make money. I might as well be that person. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it, right? Yeah. So um, I want to talk about this because we talked about this offline. Yeah. The black American experience and the black immigrant experience. Yeah. Because I opened it up by talking about my grandfather. Yeah. And how he came into this country and he had no ties Mm -hmm. to the idea of the black American experience. Mm Mm-hmm. All he saw was, but he got the benefits of like, let me invest in bank. Let me get, let me um, get a loan and, mm-hmm. you know, so forth and so on and get into the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Um, I find it fascinating that for a lot of immigrants, especially black immigrants, mm-hmm. when they come into this American society, there's this lack of fundamental interest mm-hmm. in that, you know, the civil rights, you know, era. They respect it, but it's like, that's not my, that's not my story. Yeah. You know, and. You know, I think it's a very uh, interesting that we went from a generation of civil rights mm-hmm. as being the preeminent um, advancement of you know the social class of Black American social class mm-hmm. to the, the civ- civil um, uh, silver mm-hmm. rights. Yeah, you know, of uh, entrepreneurship is mm-hmm. the you know economic standard or is it standard of um, Black social yeah. standing, right? Having grown up in that particular, um, you know, I'm, I was born an American, so I'm an African American. Yeah. But I'm a Caribbean American based on heritage and understanding mm-hmm. and actually being a, the first in my family mm-hmm. to actually have be a naturally born citizen. Yeah. You know, so first generation. I just find it, it's a, fa- I don't know, I think it's fascinating to me when you comparatively like think about someone like my grandfather who, was able to benefit from an era and 
you know, they're still not having to not having any care of like that civil rights. I mean, I don't know. Do you follow where I'm going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's um, you know, it's really it's interesting because, you know, I think that the black American experience and, and, you know, I'm a sixth generation Floridian. Uh, we trace our, our lineage all the way back to slavery um, in, you know, just, just my family. Um, and so we have a strong tie to um, this specific state, Florida and um, a, and a, a unique American identity. And, um, you know, for, for folks that did not participate, um, and they don't have that tie. I mean, the rest of, you know, the, the black world was struggling and had struggled with colonialism, um, and imperialism for like centuries, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, black people in the United States had, had struggled with, um, chattel, yeah, race, racism, yeah, yeah, slavery, segregation. Yeah. And then Jim Crow and, and all of that. And so, you know, while we were struggling with that, the rest of the world was struggling with imperialism and colonialism. And, um, it wasn't until, you know, I was in college and I started reading uh, like Franz Fanon and like, you know, these, these colonialists and post-colonial, um, you know, thinkers and trying to understand like how to juxtapose, you know, the American experience with and, and seeing it through like a post-colonial lens. Right. Right. And, um, and, and it's hard to, it's hard to do that because unlike, um, you know, people who are, you know, Africans, you know, Nigerians that, you know, were, you know, living in post-colonial Nigeria or, um, you know, South Africans, et cetera, um, or even Jamaicans, you know, we as African-Americans are trying to reconcile our identity with this specific country that has never treated us, um, that, that we've never been able to fully participate in, in a way that, you know, um, Jamaicans, um, have been able to participate, you know, in, in the leadership and direction of that country, um, that, you know, even Haitians for all the, the, the turmoil that that country has gone through over the last, you know, 200 plus years, um, they have a strong identity and association with that country because of, you know, their specific heritage and their ability to have, been at the reins of power but you know like black americans haven't had to do that so under it's just been a challenge to under to to kind of reconcile the two of those things you know so it's interesting right because black americans or let's just say caribbean americans right Mm -hmm. caribbean people or caribbean heritage Mm -hmm. they you to their point they have more of a african diaspora perspective towards the world right and they look at things not in a racist sense they look at it in an imperialistic colonial right. sense that's right right mm-hmm. whereas black americans they look at things in segregated races mm-hmm. you know um slavery sense because that is the culture for, or the history that has befitted them mm-hmm. in their rearing in this country mm-hmm. and so when somebody comes from another um sector of the world mm-hmm. as, as a black diaspora perspective they seemingly move quicker in society because they're like, hey, I don't give a shit about all that racist shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, yeah. that's just like, you know what I mean? Like, I, that has nothing. I'm I'm trying to set up shop 
right. and make money mm-hmm. and be entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I'm not worried about the civil rights era. The mm-hmm. civil rights have nothing to do with my life, right? And and in the bring, I respect mm-hmm. it, but that's just not yeah. the reality of it, mm-hmm. right? Where somebody like myself, who it's almost like I'm a child of two worlds, right? Because yeah. I grew up in a very Caribbean household, but I grew up in America, mm-hmm. and I see the under and I understand the contextual importance of civil rights and how civil rights actually played into the new economic prosperity boom right. from the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right? And why we have to like, and how they interplay. But something like my grandfather's like, that shit has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. I just want to get take a part of these loans and build my business and build my life and build right. something up for my family. Yeah. You know, and honestly, quite frankly, um, yes, I'll invest in my community, mm-hmm. but that ain't like, I'm not, that's not that, really, that, I ain't here for that. I'm not here for that. Yeah. I'm here for my family. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm here. I'm not here to build up the block. Right. The, or excuse me, as far as, like, uplift the black community in the world. Like, I'm not here for that shit. Because I don't think that, you know, those immigrants, when, and, and I'm, I'm calling them immigrants, but. No, that's you know, Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm proud. I'm a proud from, I'm a proud immigrant family. Yeah. I mean, coming here voluntarily, um, it. You are imbued with a different sense of pride and purpose right. than folks that, you know, have been here involuntarily. Right. And so, you know, I, I was reading something recently, you know, when when you don't know, um, when you don't expect to live into your 60s, 70s and 80s, you're not going to save your money. Like mm. you're going to be on this YOLO life. Right, like, right. you know, Hey, today is, is my day because tomorrow it's not promised. Right. Right. So, um, but you know, so that's, I think largely what, you know, black, you know, African Americans who are, I, I think like somebody's used the term like, um, ADOS, like African descendant or American uh, descendants, descendants of slaves. slaves. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Uh, um, that's what that particular demographic I think struggles with. And, you know, we see, generally speaking, investing in our communities as being something important because we have a stronger tie to that. But as a sixth generation Floridian. Right. So, you know, I'm you know, I still, you know, tried as often as I can to go back to Lake City, Florida. And I I still, you know, have a strong sense of connection to Columbia County, Florida, Florida. And um, but I wouldn't expect somebody who is, you know, Jamaican or West Indian to you know, try to make those same investments because this, you know, maybe, you know, this is their country. This is certainly your country, but it's not. The tie-in is not the same. And I'll I'll invest in in certain communities. And, you know, I'm not saying me, you know, because I am American, but like, like this, you know, immigrant, but like I'll invest, I'll, you know, get money. But my tie-in is not to that. Look, my tie-in is to to people back home. Right. You know what I mean? And I got to get money and I got to worry about, that's where my focus is. Yeah. You You see, you probably see yourself, even though you are, American born, you see yourself as Jamaican, right? Do you? Yes and no. Okay. Because I was going to, I was going to ask, like, do you think most black Americans see themselves as American? As much as you see yourself as being Jamaican. Here's why I don't, since I, I consider myself Jamaican in culture. Yeah. But not Jamaican in, you know, actual like, 
Jamaican. Like you know what I mean? Because Jamaicans would be like, you, you, you're not, you're not, you're not from Yacht. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, so they, I, I, yeah. So they'll, they, I, I'm very hesitant about that, right? Okay, fair enough. Because they'll, 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 they'll correct you. They'll correct me very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and my parents will. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean? They call mm-hmm. you know, you know, Jamaican. That's what they would call me, right? Yeah. And so, um, but I have a very, um, I have an understanding of the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a direct result of my of my heritage. Right. You know, but I also understand that um, I was raised in an American, you know, I in American class society. Mm-hmm. And so my perspective and I'm probably more I'm honestly more American mm-hmm. in that sense than Jamaican. But my ideals and how I see the world is very West Indian. Right. You know, what I mean, so that yeah. ma- I don't know if that makes sense. No, but it does. I yeah, mean, it, it it you know, and you know we're on, and I married an American woman, and I will tell okay. you, it actually there's a, sometimes there's that conflict because I'm I get I can go right back to my rearing, yeah, of my parents are very hard, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, I can do that, you know what I mean? And yeah. my, my wife is like, you can't, that's not no, yeah, that, you know what I mean? Like you can't be pushing them like that. That's not how my well my parents were like, you know, as West Indian parents tend to do, like yeah. yeah you know, you just do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the the hardness of it is a factor of life. There's nothing right. as hard. It's just what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, so I, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. Um. I, I totally agree with that. The only thing that I was going to add, though, is, you know, a lot of a lot of Black Americans don't see themselves as American mm-hmm. until. The Olympics come around, right? <laughs> you know, until they this idea of patriotism, right? I, and you're right. I will be rooting for. I I root for both actually. I root for Jamaica and mm-hmm. America. Yeah, I. You know what? And, and and what's funny is I think that um, a lot of Black Americans see Jamaica as a proxy. <laughs> you know, for yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, so like we when you saying Bolt wins, like yeah, he's not wearing our colors. But, you know, we're just as happy when diaspora. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So like he's representing. But, you know, I I say all that to say and and I ask that question, you know, as we're talking about, you know, um, capitalism and how it relates to, you know, uh, the black experience in in the United States is like it's sometimes I think a little bit more difficult for us to to see ourselves as being real full members of this country. And because of that, um, we are resistant oftentimes to participating in, um, no, that's real. I see what you're saying. It's, it's very, I always say when I see a black person like that's super patriotic, I'm like, I kind of like raise my, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's weird. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like West Indian Jamaica, you know, we can't, we wave the flag. We got the colors on. It's not because yeah. we very much. I see what you're saying. We very much are embedded within the culture. Like I can wear something all draped out in you know uh, in Jamaican West right. Indian culture. You know, in colors. You know, I mean, gold, green, and black. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not crazy. Yeah. But so, so let somebody let somebody walk around in a, an American flag. Man, it looks like yo, you kind of uh, oh, it's a Herman Cain work, you know? Yeah, coming I mean, in, you know, it's it's not because you're not you don't feel a part of it, and a patriotism for an, a black American does not look the same, right? And 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 to a certain extent, you're almost penalized yeah. if you are super patriotic, super patriotic, right? Right. 
um, if you're a black American. And so, like, what does that mean for your participation in the economic growth? So there it is. Right. So then that's that concept. Like, so how can in the the, the, uh, divergent concept of like when black Americans sit there and say, you know, when we look at each other, like, oh, this dude's super patriotic. Ah, that dude's odd. But but I'm super capitalistic. You know what I mean? Like, but you're right. participating in the same yeah. American idealism. Yeah, you're just not your your flag just may not be draped all over, but your flag is burning in your pocket in your bank account. Right, you're still very American. Yeah, patriotic. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, it's I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's very it's funny. Yeah, because people would be like they'd be like pro pro um uh, page or pro uh uh uh, uh capitalism. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really fuck with America like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but like, no, you actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you yeah. actually do. Well, you, you, you fuck with them long, the long way. Yeah, you can't, you can't divest. Um, you know, you, you know, and that's that's where I like when people talk about like the whole like back to Africa thing. Like, yeah, that's that's cool and everything like that. But like a lot of times, like they're not really trying to follow through on that because um, they they're they're sacrifice that comes with that. Right. You know, and there are sacrifices in the way of, you know, lifestyle and living and comfort and things of the, of that nature that, you know, they're not interested in participating in because to a certain extent it, you know, you can live comfortably here um, in a way that you can't necessarily live comfortably there. And I want to qualify that because, um, you know, because I, I have African family members um, and, and I've been to the continent um, on, on an occasion and seen it. Living is good over there. The living is very good okay. over there. And, okay. and, 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 and there's there's a myth that, you know, black folks over there are living in huts. Right. But um, I guess my point is that the you can't just like pick up. From oh, yes. Leave leaving here. And I then, can't leave Windermere and head straight to like. You know Nigeria, and right? Like, okay, this like, I, but I can pick up, leave Windermere, and head to Alabama if I wanted to. Birmingham, right. yeah, I can leave. Bur- I can leave Orlando, Central Florida, head to Birmingham, right? And it won't be a change. It'll be a shift, and it might be some sort of right shift in culture, but it's not such a dramatic change, right? Whereas I go to another continent that I've never, I don't really have an interrelation with, mm-hmm. and it might be like so um, fundamentally different. So listen, yeah. Um, Anyways, we can't. We have to uh, revisit the conversation. Uh, uh, final thoughts here. Yeah, man. Um, man, we covered a lot of different topics. We but, did. Uh, you know, I Jay Z. I, I do want to just talk about Jay Z real quick. Um, mm-hmm. He is. He is. I. I was a big Nas fan growing up. Okay. Um, heavy into. Um, Illmatic when that first came out but then when it when it was written came and he came back with the mafioso sound you know I was like dang yeah like this this is my guy um and so I was a late bloomer when it came to Jay-Z right but I think what Jay-Z offers in trying to understand the black experience and capitalism is really interesting because he essentially embodies you know the double consciousness that you know Du Bois was talking about um, and just trying to reconcile your participation and existence in this country with your black identity and those two things are not easily done Um, I think it's necessary uh, in order for us to you know reconcile um, just our existence in general um, 
So we have to to wrestle with that. And I hope that more uh, black Americans identify with their American existence, but appreciate everything. You know, I'm, I'm not saying America is this, you know, perfect, blameless. Yeah, we have so many issues here. But um, I think that there's a lot of value in figuring out how we can um, be a part of this country and be a part of, you know, the the economic success of this country. Um, and and so when I think about Jay-Z, I think about that struggle. And um, and so, yeah, that, that that's 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 all I got, man. So, so I would say this, man, I, you know, staying on the concept of this black capitalism and Jay-Z, like one of the things I wanted to take away from here is um, you can we can be a participator we have no choice because of the system that's um, befalled within us in American mm-hmm. government. So we have to um, participate and we can champion entrepreneurial spirit, but we can't sit there and champion capitalism as if it's a person. We have to be able to have a, a direct criticism of it and um, the the good and the bad that comes along with that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, critiquing something does not necessarily mean you're not a fan of it. It just True. means that you have concerns and you want to see it become better. Uh, one of the things I critique about capitalism, as I mentioned in the podcast, is that I want to see more human empathy. And I think, as you said it um, perfectly, it strips away from that, or erodes it. Um, so when we look at society, I'm always looking at it from a human- humanitarian perspective. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that I don't believe or participate in the concept of capitalism. Mm-hmm. It just means that I understand that I want to my focus to be humanitarian in its nature. Uh, we didn't get to this part of the par- podcast, but I do want to talk about it in the future, about you know, the concept of marrying the government and capitalism and, you know, how the government has actually ruined um, the idea of human empathy because they don't do the things those are do with the tax dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something to talk about in another podcast. Um, but listen, I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. And um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation between, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, just talking about black capitalism and, you know, myself, between myself and Lyndon talking about black capitalism and everything like that. And, you know, since we talked about Jay-Z and you mentioned Nas and all that, and so I think it would be only apropos that I actually play a track that they were on with um, produced by Pharrell, who's uh, known to, and he doesn't promote <laughs> it anymore, anymore yeah. but he has a thing called the Black, he did the Black Billionaires Club, and he had a song on the Magna Carta called BBC, Black Billionaires Boys Club, um, or Black Billionaires Club, idealizing black billionaires. And so because of that, I'm going to play the track from that song since we talked about money and jay and all that so thank you all for listening right out share the podcast and we out oh come on so 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 let's work let's work let's work let's work let's
louder than nine in my projects. Bucket hat, EPMD cassettes. Now smoking louder.